Welcome to Creative Biolabs, we offer custom contract research services and products, covering the entire process of CAR T-cell therapy development. In this brand new podcast series, we will show you everything you want to know about CAR T-therapy, including the mechanism, current applications, technology limitations, and potential strategies. Hope you will enjoy it. Hey guys, buckle up for a new episode of Creative Biolabs podcast on Cardi Therapy. This is your host, Beth Miller, thanks for tuning in. The guest for today is our old friend, the journal editor in the field of immunotherapy, Dr. William Smith. Nice to meet you, Beth, and thanks for inviting me to be here. Well, in the previous episodes, we've learned a lot about regulatory teeth cells. Since their discovery, regulatory T-cells have rapidly evolved into a well-studied cell population with possibilities for various applications. The profound characterization of regulatory T-cell markers enables the specific enrichment of this regulatory cell compartment, making them an interesting tool for clinical applications. Furthermore, due to their unique signaling pathways, such as specific responses to interleukin-2 treatment and rapamycin, protocols for efficient amplification, have been developed and successfully applied. After understanding the mechanisms of regulatory T-cell immunosuppression, we will further discuss the impact of such cells on anti-tumor immunity and their clinical applications. Where do we start, Dr. Smith? Multiple studies have described the role of regulatory T-cells in establishing tumor tolerance and escaping immune surveillance. Especially in solid tumors, regulatory T-cells infiltrate tumor tissue, suppressing potent T-cell responses to cancer cells. Researchers have found in ovarian cancer patients that human regulatory T-cells can specifically inhibit the anti-tumor activity of T-cells and promote tumor progression. Their accumulation in the tumor mass is supported by the cancer cell's production of CCL22, thereby inducing immune-privileged sites. Therefore, regulating regulatory T-cell function may be a way to solve the problem of cancer immune escape. Not only directly inhibit T-cell immunity, but regulatory T-cells can also regulate antigen-presenting cells in tumors. This may contribute to tumor tolerance. Similar findings were found in other cancers, such as gastrointestinal malignancies, metastatic melanoma, breast, lung, and pancreatic cancers, hepatocellular carcinoma, and acute myelogenous leukemia. These observations have led to intensive research to increase anti-tumor immunity by using multiple modalities to block regulatory T-cell tolerance. I read some papers indicating that after allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation, regulatory T-cell expansion appears to have variable outcomes in terms of relapse. Why is that? The reason for these different outcomes is the unique setting in terms of allure activity and tumor cell count after bone marrow transplantation. During allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation, the expansion of regulatory T-cells is a meaningful option for the prevention of graft-versus-host disease, which known as GVHD. This raises a pressing question if increasing regulatory T-cell counts leads to attenuation of this effect. It has been shown that the presence of donor regulatory T-cells promotes engraftment and long-term tolerance while preserving the graft-versus-leukemia mechanisms. After the conditioning regimen, the number of tumor cells can be greatly reduced, favoring their elimination by the transplanted immune system. 
The various mechanisms we've discussed on regulatory T-cell suppressing alloimmune responses primarily limit the extent of T-cell activation, proliferation, and migration. And this is without compromising their respective cytotoxic capabilities. Since the count of tumor cells is rather low after bone marrow transplantation, the transplanted conventional T-cells can eliminate minimal cancer residues without excessive alloimmune response. Furthermore, a novel approach to induce alloantigen-specific regulatory T-cells is effective in preventing GVHD without compromising graft-versus-leukemia effects. As you just mentioned graft-versus-host disease, I would like to ask a question about this. What is the relationship between the immune reactivity of the cancer cells and the alloreactive T-cells of the graft? The immune reactivity of cancer cells includes classical self-antigens recognized by alloreactive T-cells of the graft. This makes them more immunogenic. And it suggests that it is not limited to specific tumor antigens that may have been downregulated later in the disease. Donor lymphocyte infusions in the setting of relapse exploit this effect. Furthermore, regulatory T-cell efficacy is a spatially limited process. Regulatory T-cells must enter tissues like effector T-cells, such as epithelial GVHD target organs. After bone marrow transplantation, regulatory T-cells migrate to target organs to suppress GVHD. Newborn leukemia cells are present in secondary lymphoid organs or the bone marrow. Regulatory T-cell numbers are lower in these organs or in the bone marrow, where they can be cleared by effector T-cells. Notably, researchers suppress T-cells in secondary lymphoid organs, resulting in efficient graft-versus-leukemia without the development of GVHD. I see. The transfer of tolerogenic cell populations persists in the body and can ideally lead to long-term tolerance. This method doesn't require additional pharmacological interventions. And regulatory T-cells and mesenchymal stroma cells are all tolerogenic cell populations. Also, as I know, this concept has been recently applied when regulatory T-cells were transferred into a prophylactic setting in patients undergoing allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation. Could you give us an example of a clinical study to further introduce it? No problem. A group of investigators studied regulatory T-cell transfer in 28 patients with high-risk hematological malignancies who received human leukocyte antigen haploidentical hematopoietic cell transplantation. The results suggest that regulatory T-cells can prevent GVHD and promote immune reconstitution. It has been reported that regulatory T-cells prevent GVHD without any post-transplantation immunosuppression and enhanced lymphoid reconstitution without any evidence of an increased relapse rate. Another group studied the safety of umbilical cord blood-derived regulatory T-cells in 23 patients. It was found that the infused cells were able to survive the pro-inflammatory cytokine environment after hematopoietic cell transplantation. After further comparing these patients with 108 historical controls of the same treatment without regulatory T-cells, it was found that the incidence of grade 2 to 4 acute GVHD was reduced, with no deleterious effect on the risk of infection. Later, the transfer of umbilical cord blood-derived regulatory T-cells stimulated by K562 cells was reported. K562 cells are the first artificially cultured human myeloid leukemia cells. 
In this study, K562 cells were modified to express high-affinity FC receptors and CD86. In addition, the incidence of grade 2 to 4 acute GVHD in the umbilical cord blood regulatory T cell group after a period was much smaller than that in the control group. Thanks for your explanation, Dr. Smith. Well, referring to clinical research, I also learned that a study on treating adult leukemia with the antibody therapeutics, magamilizumab, also demonstrated the importance of regulatory T cells. Is that true? Yeah. In addition to these prior regulatory T cell transfer studies, more evidence indicates the important role of regulatory T cells in the prevention of GVHD after allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation. Patients with adult T-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia treated with the antibody magamilizumab experienced long-term suppression of normal regulatory T-cells. Importantly, pre-transplant use of magamilizumab in those patients who subsequently underwent allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation was associated with severe acute GVHD. This is consistent with the suppressive effect of regulatory T-cells on GVHD. As we have discussed before that regulatory T cells require interleukin-2 to expand and survive after allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation, has anyone conducted more in-depth clinical research on interleukin-2? Sure. Multiple studies investigated the effect of interleukin-2 on regulatory T cell expansion in patients and GVHD. In a noteworthy Phase two study, 35 adult patients with steroid refractory chronic GVHD were treated with interleukin-2 daily for 12 weeks. Of these, 20 of 33 evaluable patients had clinical responses at multiple sites of chronic GVHD, such as the liver, skin, and gastrointestinal tract. An important predictor of response appears to be the priming of interleukin-2 early after transplantation. This indicates that the chronic GVHD formed at a later stage is difficult to be improved with interleukin-2 treatment. In addition, the researchers administered human donor regulatory T-cells cultured for 7 to 12 days to patients with chronic GVHD. Two of five patients reported clinical responses with improvement in chronic GVHD symptoms, and three patients showed stable symptoms for up to 21 months. Further clinical trials are ongoing and plan to extend these studies to the treatment of acute GVHD by adoptive regulatory T-cell transfer. I see. Well, in this topic, anything else to be added about the clinical application of regulatory T-cells to suppress GVHD? Yes. What I would like to supplement is that classic standard prophylaxis and treatment regimens for GVHD do not interfere with and may even enhance regulatory T-cell function. Thus, the combined therapy may even offer synergistic effects. However, recent studies have shown that calcineurin inhibitor treatment has adverse effects on regulatory T-cell proliferation and function. First clinical trials show encouraging results in acute and chronic GVHD through in vivo and in vitro expansion of regulatory T-cells. However, further research is needed to further improve experimental protocols such as the optimal time point for adoptive transfer and to investigate the optimal choice of regulatory T-cell expansion regarding efficacy and safety. Furthermore, the various mechanisms of regulatory T-cell suppression must be described to better understand their role in the clinical manifestations of GVHD. Is there a method clinically valuable? Yeah. 
The approach may be to use third-party regulatory T-cells. This approach is more practical because the availability of regulatory T-cells may be limited in certain allogeneic cell transplantation settings, such as grafts from cord blood or unrelated donors. Furthermore, regulatory T-cells can be easily stored and used when they are most needed. However, due to the observed reduced survival of third-party regulatory T-cells, this technique requires further study. Another issue that urgently needs to be clarified is the characterization of common antigens that induce GVHD reactions. Armed with this knowledge, it is possible to generate allospecific regulatory T-cells that will limit their suppressive activity against the loreactive conventional T-cells. Finally, certain patient populations may be more sensitive to regulatory T-cell application. In these patients, depending on the disease pathology, adoptive regulatory T-cell transfer may be found to be beneficial. In conclusion, regulatory T-cell expansion in patients undergoing allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation has been shown to be an attractive option to suppress the development of GVHD. This method also works well in retaining satisfactory anti-infection immunity and graft-versus-leukemia effect. It in turn allows for a reduced-intensity preconditioning regimen. The first clinical trials are promising, but larger prospective randomized trials are needed to confirm. That's all for today's content. Thanks to Dr. Smith's great introduction, I have loved every moment of our talk. And we also appreciate all of you who have listened, commented, and joined us each week. Thanks for you sharing, and it was nice talking to you, Dr. Smith. So, I guess we will end here and hope you have a great day. Thank you very much and hope you have a great day. See you next time.